You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 21. All right, guys, welcome to the episode today. Man, last week we broke a lot of things down about our dream. We just got about halfway through. There's so many more exciting things I want to share with you today. We've been talking about the dream factor, and we're basing it off of my favorite verse in the Bible, probably one of your favorites as well, Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future. This verse has plans to the third power. Plans, plans, plans. Last week we talked about what a plan was. It's a written account of an intended future course of action or a scheme aimed at achieving specific goals or objectives within a specific time frame. It explains in detail what needs to be done, when, how, and by whom, and often includes Watch this, the best case, expected case, and worst case scenarios. Now, last week, I forgot to mention what that really means, but you know, when you really have a good plan in place, it usually covers the best case, the expected case, and the worst case scenarios. You know, God doesn't have plan A, plan B, and plan C for you, and that's what you think of when you think of the best case, expected case, and worst case scenarios. But what that basically means is that no matter what happens in your life, God promises to finish what he started. His plans for you are a bright future and a bright hope, a really true happy ending. It's not a fairy tale. It's a life story. And God has your best intentions always laid out and always in the works. Now, what's interesting about Jeremiah 29 and 11, before we get into all our points, is that there's a New Testament scripture that's kind of the reverse of that scripture. It's in Romans 11 and 29, and it says, for the gifts and callings are without repentance, or, or some would say are irrevocable or non-rescindable, or non-canceled. You can't cancel the plan that God has for you. And his number one plan for you, his number one plan that will by no means find failure, is that you are eternally secure in your salvation with him. It is settled. It is done. It cannot be undone. It cannot be canceled. How do I know that? Well, Romans 11 and 29 is the book on the free gift of God's righteousness. We know that our righteousness is free. It's a gift from God. We can't earn it. We can't deserve it. We can't work for it. It's a gift that's given to us. And so if we can't earn it and we don't deserve it, then we can't lose it. If you didn't save yourself, you can't unsave yourself. I want to make that really clear right now. In other words, his plans for you are solid. You can't undo what God has done. You, you can't change what God has done. You're, you're stuck with God and he's stuck with you. And it's a done deal. It's finished. And I love how Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then in Romans 11 and 29, it's the new covenant fulfillment of that verse that no matter what happens, I'm with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Nothing can separate you from my love. Come on, guys. That's just awesome. So what what else could be better than knowing that our salvation is totally secure in the work of Jesus Christ? And on top of that, God has some awesome dreams for you that it's in your DNA. God has specifically given you the giftings, the temperament, the personality, and all the quirks and jerks and perks that you have in your life to fulfill your dream. In fact, everything you have, what's really great about this is everything you need to fulfill your dream is already inside you. And you're going to spend the rest of your life discovering those things as they unfold. You're going to find out what you're made of as you step into your dream, as you step into that thing that God has for you and you start pursuing it. So number one, we talked about making a sketch of your dream, writing it out, getting a pencil, writing some goals, writing some dreams. God doesn't want you to live your life on accident. God gives you full permission to make your plans. Proverbs 16 and 9, we can make our plans. But the Lord determines our steps. The Lord's going to change some direction and he's going to correct some things and he's going to adjust your sales and he's going to move you into different relationships and it's going to have to maybe take a step back every once in a while. Maybe you stepped in the wrong direction. Maybe you went the wrong way. It doesn't change the dream. It doesn't change the goal. But sometimes our destination needs some course correction and that's what God does. He's he's the best at that. The Holy Spirit is exceedingly efficient at his job. He will finish what he started. Philippians 1 and 6, we talked about that. Uh, Proverbs 16 and 3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, seek his will in all you do and he will show you what path to take. There's going to be some things that God will move you into and move you toward. There'll be some discomforting things. There'll be some challenges, some obstacles. That's the etching. Number two, allow God to etch his plan in you. We talked about the graver carving beneath the surface, talking about it's it. once God begins to etch that thing in you, you can't change that. And it only comes through the challenges and the, and the, and the difficulties in our life. Um, there's going to be some times when you feel like you're not in your dream. You're going to say, man, this is not what I asked for. And that's a lot of times because we, we don't, we don't really think of the negative things when we're dreaming it in our mind. We just always have these fairy tales going on, but a dream is not a fairy tale. A real dream from God has some, some things that you have to die to of yourself to step into the thing that God has for you, you know, to go up. You got to grow up. You got to change some things in your life. You got to lay some weights down. We talked about that a couple of episodes ago. You got to just let go of the weights. And sometimes those things are precious to us and we've cherished them for so long. We don't want to give them up. We're comfortable with those weights, but there's just going to have to be some things in your life that change. And that's the etching process. So today we're going to talk about the next three factors of the dream. And I really believe this is going to clarify some things for you and help you move closer toward the fulfillment of all God has called you to fulfill. So we talked about the sketch and the etch to sketch your dream and then allow God to etch his dream in you or his plan in you. Number three, 
We're going to take it to the next level. God will often stretch you beyond your capacity. So we sketch our dream, then God etches his dream in us, and then God will often stretch you beyond your capacity. The sketch, the etch, and the stretch. You know, the fact is, guys, that you're not big enough for what God has called you to do. So he's got to stretch you. I've always found that tension is necessary for growth and increased capacity. You know, you got to have a bigger bandwidth for bigger things. And a lot of people just don't have that bandwidth. Well, God's not going to be content with letting you stay small. People say, I want to do the big things. I want the big dream. I want the big challenge. I want the, you know, I want to have a Caleb spirit. I want to take the biggest mountain. Well, something in Caleb was bigger than that mountain. He had a mountain-sized faith. He had a mountain-sized experience. One thing, he was 80 years old. He had come through some things. You know, I always tell people that, you know, you know, mess plus age equals message. Let me say that again. Mess plus age equals message. The older you get and the more experience you have and the farther along you've come, uh, you're usually stretched to your capacity and then you can handle the things that you thought you could handle in your 20s. Now that I'm in my 50s, ladies and gentlemen, I'm barely starting to think, well, maybe I actually can do the things that God's called me to do. Back then I had this youthful arrogance um, and now I'm, I'm a little more cautious and a little bit more gun shy to, to step into some things that God has called me to because I don't feel as confident to do those things, you know, and it's, it's just comes with learning. It's not that I'm not bold. It's not that I don't have experience. It's not that I haven't, haven't had the encounters that I need to have, but I'm a little bit more humble now that I used to be. I'm just like, guys, I'm, you know, cause I'm seeing this next generation come up around me and I'm like, man, these dudes are smart. They're fast. They think on their feet. They're more technologically advanced. And so I've committed myself to learn because I see it growing up around me. And when I say I'm humble guys, I still have my moments, but I'm just, I'm, I'm learning how to rely on Jesus a lot more than I did back in my day. I rest, I, re, you know, I relied on my, my youthful energy and I relied on my fresh college education and, and, you know, my, you know, it's just something about being young and in your twenties that you think you just know everything. And I, and, and I, and I totally get that, but you're going to find in, as time goes along to have that Caleb spirit to take the mountain, you're going to be hesitant, but you're going to know that you can because God has worked some things out in your life. And I want to encourage you right where you are, young people, young leaders, listen to what I'm saying. When you step up in front of people, carry some humility with you because the people that you're ministering to have probably been there already and they're, 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 they have a lot of patience with you as you lead them. Uh, but I want to, I want to remind you, you know, Paul says to Timothy, don't let people despise your youth. Um, but people will despise your youthful arrogance. You, you, you might have a lot of knowledge and know-how and you may just come out of college and you might have these great, you know, uh, this great education, great insight on a lot of different things, technology and whatever it is, but you need to walk humble. I'm just going to encourage you right now because yeah, people shouldn't despise your youth, but people will despise your youthful arrogance. So just always keep that in mind. Boy, I wish I'd have known that about 30 years ago, but, um, so, but, but you know what? It's never too late to learn and apply. 
and I'm still learning things. Sometimes I get too hot for my own good, too too big for my own good, too big for my britches, so to speak. And that's when God will rope me in and remind me that you can't, without me, you can do nothing. So number three, God is going to stretch you beyond your capacity because you're not big enough to do what God has called you to do. I I call this the, the slingshot theory, the slingshot theory. There's four truths about slingshots. Number one, a slingshot cannot fulfill its purpose unless it's stretched. You know, without a doubt, a slingshot can make its mark with powerful force. Have have you ever had a slingshot and you took a window out or you hurt somebody with it? Because when you put that little stone in that little pouch and you pull that that band back, it's going to make an impact and it's going to feel powerful. But but if it's not being stretched, uh, a slingshot's just not going to do what it was made to do, launch stones. And, and, and I, and I want to encourage you, if you don't lose your ability to stretch, if you're feeling pain and, and struggle right now in your current situation, that's a good thing because it keeps you from being set in your ways. You know, as you get older, you start getting set in your ways. And I have to pray more now than I did back then for God to stretch me, you know, because I want to be able to reach higher and wider and expand my imagination. But we lose our potential to lead in bigger ways when we don't allow God to stretch us. So we hide from the battle. We hide from relationships. We hide from difficulty. We avoid the challenges and we stay small. And eventually, you know, I've seen people end up living with painful regret that they could have done more and been more and experienced more in life and been used by God in greater ways, but they chose comfort and ease. So dreaming big means becoming big. Thus, we must stretch. So number one, a slingshot cannot fulfill its purpose unless it's stretched. Number two, a slingshot must be pulled backward to propel forward. So we talked about number number one here in this, uh, the, the, the slingshot theory is that number two, number one, you can't fulfill your purpose unless you're stretched. A slingshot can't. And then number two, when you're stretched, you get pulled backward to propel forward. So in order for a slingshot to effectively shoot a stone forward, it's got to be stretched back. And I don't know about you, man, but sometimes in my life, I felt like I was going backwards instead of going forwards. You know, I was wanting to develop and grow and increase. And, and there have even been some long seasons in my life where I felt like everybody was passing me up, but I was going back. And, and a lot of times I didn't have, I wasn't able to have access to resources and a better education and better connections and better relationships or whatever it took. I felt like I was moving backwards, but that, that frustrating tension of setbacks, let me say something about setbacks. If you're sitting back, you won't have setbacks. Anybody that has stepped into fulfilling their dream and started marching forward, you're going to experience some setbacks simply because you stepped out and you started moving. But if you're sitting back, that's not going backwards. That's just doing nothing. And if you do nothing, I guarantee you that you're going to accomplish nothing with 100% certainty. If you do nothing, you will get nowhere. Okay. 
But if you're marching forward and you've stepped out, a lot of times that setback that you have can actually be a setup for greater momentum and increased inertia in your life. That's what a slingshot is. It has greater momentum and increased inertia because it got pulled back. So in, 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 as I'm talking about the slingshot, think about your own life. In order for a slingshot to shoot that stone for longer distances, it's got to be drawn back to even its breaking point when there's no slack, when it's total tension, because that is only that only then is the stone that's in that little pouch ready to be released, you know? And so you can't reach your full potential unless you're stretched back as far as possible. But when you're stretched back to your greatest point of tension, you will catapult farther forward in your life, in your leadership, in your career, in your business. Man, so many stories of setbacks with people that I've read and heard. And even my own life, there was a season where I just really thought I'd reached my peak and then God opened a door. And, and when I went through that door, I thought it was opportunity, but I was actually being stretched back again. And some days I just feel like that's all it is, is being stretched back, stretched back. But in order for a slingshot to propel forward, it's got to be pulled backwards. So the slingshot theory, number one, a slingshot cannot fulfill its purpose unless it's stretched. Number two, a slingshot must be pulled backwards to propel forward. Number three, a slingshot must be stretched to extremes for maximum impact. I want you to think about King David when he was fighting that giant. When he was whipping that stone around, don't you know that it wasn't a casual twirling? Man, he was flinging that thing till you couldn't see the string and the stone that was going around. Have you ever seen a fan go around, you, 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 you no longer see the blades because of the speed of the blades that are turning. And so for that slingshot, so now I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking about the pulling kind of slingshot right now, but it, it can be applied to that. But, but the swinging of that slingshot that David had in his hand had to be whipping at full centrifugal force to take down Goliath because it was no small giant. It was a big giant. Now, we all know that God miraculously directed the stone. If you saw angels in the outfield, those angels would grab those baseballs and fly somewhere in the field and, and make those baseballs go to be home runs or strikeouts or whatever it was. So God directs the stone, obviously, but David had to wield it. And, and guys, you were made to take down giants. You weren't made to take down small things. You were made for big things. So in order to fulfill the big things, you got to be stretched or slung at maximum full tension and centrifugal force to hit your target with great force. And as leaders, as people with big dreams, as people with, you know, this, this, this grand design inside of us, you're going to be stretched beyond your capacity and you're going to be thrown around. Have you ever felt like you were going in circles? That's because you're the stone in the sling that God's whipping around. But there's coming a day when you're going to stop going in circles and you're going to start speeding forward and everything's going to be flying past you because you're headed toward the head of a giant that God made you to take down. This is powerful stuff. 
So allow God to stretch you like a slingshot or to swing you around like that sling that David had so you can take down the giant because it's not just the dream that God has given you. It's the giant that God has assigned you to. And some of you have been called, you know your destiny and you're headed out to giants. Some of you have been called into youth ministry. That's a giant. You've got kids out there that need you. They're struggling more than ever before in this generation to know their purpose. They're, 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 the challenges that this generation is facing are colossal. And God did not call you to a small thing, youth pastor. He made you to take down giants. Now, I'm not talking about take down young people. Sometimes you may feel that way, but it's to take down the giants that are attacking this generation. Some of you have been called into the marriage ministry, and nowadays marriages are going through divorce at a greater rate than ever before in our history. That's a huge giant. Some of you are called into sex trafficking ministry to get kids and get people out of that that, that terrible, horrible, uh, uh, sinful, and evil, maniacal thing, and God has called you to reach out and rescue those kids. That's a giant that God's called you to take down. So it's not just this dream, but there's a giant in front of the dream and God is stretching you and pulling you back and whirling you around to help you take down the giant he's assigned you to. And then number four, slingshot theory. Number four, the stone in the pouch must be tightly pinched. Man, hmm. You know, not only does the stone get stretched back, but it must also be tightly pinched in order to be released effectively. Now, notice when a when a slingshot is being stretched back and you've got one, you've got the sling, the the, the main part in one hand and you pull that pouch back. It's usually right about where your mouth is. And sometimes when you feel your life is in a pinch and you're you're in a tight place. That's when you're closest to the voice of the Lord. It's when that stone is in that pouch and it's being pinched. God is the one that has control of that slingshot. And before firing it, God has got you right near his mouth when he can talk to you and speak more clearly. And sometimes when we're in a pinch, sometimes when things are tight, sometimes when we feel hemmed in on all sides, that's when we best hear from God because we're like, okay, God, you got my attention. It's in the tension that God gets our attention. I want to say that again. It's in the tension that God gets our attention. It's the silence of the pouch. It's that squeeze. It's that, it's that tough place. The holding place is the molding place. We talked about that in a previous episode. It's in those moments of silence when nothing's happening and the resources aren't there and the relationships aren't there and the, 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 the expectation is greater than it's ever been before. And we feel a lack of, 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 of being equipped to do what God's called us to do. That's when we best hear from God. It's in the tension that God gets our attention. So the, the slingshot theory, four truths about a slingshot. Number one, a slingshot cannot fulfill its purpose unless it's stretched. Two, a slingshot must be pulled backward to propel forward. Number three, a slingshot must be stretched for, to extremes for maximum impact. And number four, the stone must be tightly pinched 
in the slingshots pouch. And I don't know about you, but I've been in all four of those places, but God will have to stretch you to get you where he wants you to go. And sometimes it'll be tight. Sometimes it'll be to the breaking point, but get ready because at the tightest point of tension, the release is about to come. So when there's a release, when God opens up doors and when God creates opportunities and relationships, you'll never forget those moments in the slingshot. God wants you to remember where you came from, how you got there, the challenges you had to face, the pain you had to go through, through the stretching to take down your giant. Hey guys, we're about halfway through to closing up this two-part series on how to make your dream become a reality. And God is behind you and he is, he is cheering you on. He's saying, go for it. And if you make a wrong turn, the Lord says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk ye in it. So don't second guess yourself so much. Just keep moving forward and the Holy Spirit will adjust the course. He'll get you on the right track when you derail a little bit or you make some mistakes or you make some wrong turns. God promises you that he'll finish what he started. Hey, if this is encouraging you and uh, blessing you in some way, I want to just remind you to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and share it with one or two other people in your relationships that need to hear what you're hearing today. So let's jump back into how to make your dream become a reality. All right, so number one was make a sketch of your dream. Number two is allow God to etch his plan in you. Number three, God will often stretch you beyond your capacity. And we talked about the the slingshot theory. And then number four is you will be required to fetch things irrelevant to your dream or your vision. Hmm. So we have the sketch. That's, that's an easy part. Number two, the etch, Ooh, a little more pain in that one. Number three, the stretch, Ooh, man. But then number four, there's the fetch. <laughs> Have you ever seen Karate Kid? Remember when Mr. Miyagi tells the young boy, he says, wax on, wax off. Because the boy you know, he wants to be a karate champion. So he comes to Mr. Mayagi to teach him karate. And the first thing he does is he gives him a paintbrush and he gives him a sponge. And he says, with the sponge, he says, wax on, wax off. And, 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 and the karate kid is like, what does this have to do with learning karate? I want to be a karate champion. So he gets out there and he waxes the car and he spins his hand around on the windshield and the Car, he takes that wax and he buffs that car and then he tells him to go paint the fence and so he's painting up and down but see what he doesn't realize the whole time he's doing that is he's building up his muscles and his strength and his technique to be able to block and to punch and to defend himself and see you might be in a situation right now that looks like nothing to do with your dream you can't figure it out because the person who put you there, the Lord himself hasn't explained the context to you yet. So you're still going, man, what does this have to do? What does this deadbeat job have to do with the dream that I'm involved with? Let me give you an example in my own life. 
Years ago when I graduated from college, I was headed to Nashville. I thought I was going to be the next big recording artist. And Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman, who were big in my day. Russ Taff and all those guys. And that's where I was headed. But somehow I got detoured. The doors closed to Nashville. And I ended up in Logan County, West Virginia, teaching school because after I'd graduated college with my teacher's degree and the only reason I got an education degree was to fall back, but I didn't believe I was going to fall back. I believed that I was going to make it to Nashville with my little satchel of songs and I was going to get signed and I was going to be well on my way to this dream that I had of being a minister with music and traveling all around the world. And, and so the dream was right. It just wasn't as clear to me of what I was doing. But when it all fell apart and nothing happened and nothing opened up, I found myself through a series of circumstances in Logan County, West Virginia, at the bottom hills of the Appalachian Mountains, teaching grade school in some of the poorest schools and the poorest conditions in the country. And I remember sitting in those classrooms when the kids would go out to to lunch and to recess, and I would sit in those classes and write songs and worship and pray and, and, and call out to God and say, God, why am I here in this, in this coal town? Why am I here? And I was writing songs that later on became signed by publishing companies where they were being sung in every nation in the world. One of the songs I wrote many years ago called Bow Down and Worship Him, Worship Him. Bishop Paul Morton ended up singing that song and several others, and it's being sung all around the world. It's become an anthem in African-American churches all around the country and around the world. And some of my other songs are being sung, but it was, it was in those wax on wax off moments. I didn't see it then, but I thought my dream was over. I thought that I would never see the fulfillment of what God wanted to do in my life, but he had to send me to a corner of the world that no one had ever even heard of. You know, when I first went to West Virginia, I called it Virginia because I didn't even really even know there was a West Virginia at the time. Can you believe that? It was, it was a state I had never even, I I wasn't even thinking West Virginia. I just said Virginia. And then someone quickly corrected me and I said, I'm glad to be in Virginia. They said, buddy, you're in West Virginia, West by God, Virginia is what they called it. And so I'm in in a, I'm in a state I never, ever dreamed I would be. I'm in that wax on wax off. And I've been in many, I can tell you so many other assignments and places that I've gone to my life gone to in my life where I felt like I was in that wax on wax off place, painting the fence, waxing cars had nothing to do with becoming a karate champion. Yet it was absolutely essential for him to go through those experiences to win the karate championship at the end of the movie. You know, your assignment is not your calling. It prepares you for your calling where you are right now that's not necessarily your calling. It's probably a preparation for the fulfillment of the dream that God has on you. You know, the menial, the madness, the mundane, the monotone, the manic, it's all significant in what God is preparing you for. And I, and I want to, I want to encourage you right now. You won't know what you're made of until you get thrown into it, but it's going to take, it's going to take the wax on wax off because you won't really know what God is doing in you right now until you step into your next. Let me say that again. You won't know what God is doing in your now until you step into your next. There's been times in my life where I couldn't 
quite understand why I was going through what I was going through. But when the next part of my assignment came and I was getting closer to the things that I had been dreaming about, I only then realized why I had to go through what I went through because it prepared me for the season that I was currently in. So your current season right now may be challenging, difficulting. You may be confused. You may think you're completely off the track and that you are not anywhere near where God has for you. But I'm telling you right now, it is the wax on, wax off place of your life, which is preparing you again for the championship, the final battle, that thing that you will finally step into the thing that God is calling you into because you've accepted your wax on, wax off. Think of all the great men in the Bible who've been in the wax on, wax off. Joseph was in prison. Moses wandered in the wilderness. David hid out in the cave of Adullam. Elijah was in a cave. I mean, you think of these great men and women who had to be in a wax on, wax off place so that God could remove the wax that was on them. You know, the Bible says, let love be without wax. In the Bible, let love be pure and authentic. You know, back in Bible days, if a vessel or a vase got cracked, sometimes in the marketplace before they would put it on the table to be sold, they would rub this wax that covered the cracks. And see, when when you purchased that, you didn't know you were purchasing something that was damaged goods. Well, God is trying to stick you in these positions and in these places to remove some of the inauthenticity and the pretension and the veneer and the phoniness and the self and the ambition in your life so that, you know, even though we all have certain things in our life that we'll always struggle with, God wants to make you a leader with integrity and structure. And and he wants to use you in such a way that your hangups and your issues don't, don't mar your character. Because you can get somewhere based on your talent, but it takes character to stay there. And so sometimes those wax on, wax off will remove the selfishness and the ambition and the personal reasons why we want to be where we are. So you will often be required to fetch things irrelevant to your vision. You know, think about that. God, you're in a situation where you're being told what to do, need to work these this amount of hours and go get this and go do that and grab this and go do that and do this and do that. And you're like, I can't take this anymore. Well, guess what? You got to take it as long as you can because God is preparing you to fetch things that are irrelevant to your vision so that when you get to the place that God wants to really, really use you in that calling and in that dream, you'll be willing to go and get whatever he tells you to do. You'll raise your hand when he says, hey, I need, I'm looking for somebody to go to the difficult places. I need somebody to go to the small church and minister. I need somebody to take this position and go here and speak to that person. And without question, we'll do it because we've been learning to fetch. We've been learning to God. God says, go, you go. If God says, do, you do. If God says, run, you run. So you're going to be required to fetch things irrelevant to your vision. But that's part of fulfilling the dream that God has for your life. So we make a sketch of our dream. Number two, we allow God to etch his plan in us. Number three, God will often stretch you beyond your capacity Number four, you will be required to fetch things irrelevant to your vision. And number five, keep running and you'll eventually catch your destiny. 
I know catch is spelled differently, but it's my teaching. I can say it like I want. God will allow you to catch your destiny, but you got to keep running. Think about football for a minute. You may not know a lot about football, but I'm going to explain to you a pretty easy concept. When you go for the long bomb, the wide receiver lines up wide on the offensive line, and when the ball is snapped, when the quarterback says hike, he catches that hike and he steps back to throw a long bomb pass and that wide receiver has to run as far as he can and when the ball is thrown typically in football the ball will be far thrown farther than where the runner is because the runner has to run to the ball to catch it it's not going to always just land right in his hands and some of you've been running for a real long time and and you haven't seen the ball drop yet because He's thrown a long bomb. It's a long range vision. You know, we're not running sprints here. We're running a marathon. And so for you to catch that long bomb, and it's a perfect throw, you've got to do your part. You've got to run in the direction that God calls you to run. You can't run left if he tells you to run right. This is a long bomb. You run straight, you run fast, you run hard, and you keep going. I'm not talking about good works and striving for your salvation and effort to please the Lord. I'm talking about when God has called you to do something, don't give up. Never give up. Keep going. Keep running. Be encouraged right now. There's a long bomb. Now, I want you to understand something that in football, in order for the quarterback to be able to have the freedom and the time he needs to throw the long bomb because the long bomb takes a long time in the in the play. It's not a quick play. It's not a quick five yard forward and 10 yard forward. It's it's a long play and you got to be that quarterback has got to have plenty of time. So guess what's happening? He's running backwards 5, 10, 15 yards and his blockers have to be doing their job and they call that collapse and diversion. Typically when a quarterback needs the time to run the ball or to throw the ball and give that give that wide receiver the time to get to the place where the ball is going to drop. He's got to have plenty of time to throw. So the blockers and the offensive line will collapse upon the defense. And, and, and it, and then there'll be another player who will run in the other direction to draw the defense to their side. So you'll have another guy lined up on the line and he'll act like he's going to go for a quick button hook and he'll cut in or he'll cut out for a swing pass and the quarterback may even fake pump fake it, but the pass is going to the wide receiver who's running long. And so there's a collapse in the offensive line, and there's a diversion in a few other players to draw the defense to the other side. That happened. Remember Moses? Remember when, when, the, when the Red Sea washed over the enemy? That's because God diverted them. He diverted them. And what happens in life there's going to feel like that things are collapsing and diverting and there's confusion and you're going backwards. But for you to catch that ball, you got to keep running straight. Don't give up. Keep running because I want to encourage you. The ball is about to drop. You know, I saw a picture one time of, you know, two different ways that people view their life. It's your plan and then reality. And on your plan, it was just a steady ascent upward. Like, you know, the guy, the little bike bike guy on the bicycles, just rolling up on this little steady incline. But then reality shows the dips and the, and the floods and the sharks and the fire and the tornadoes. And, 
And, and that's the way life is. You're going to have to expect some delays, some detours, and some ditches as you're running. Joseph, again, is a great example of this. You know, Joseph had been brought down into Egypt, but the Lord was with him and he became a successful man because his masters and the people that he served saw that the Lord was with him and that all he did succeeded because the Lord's hand was upon his life. You got to keep running. The ball is going to drop, folks. It's coming, but you can't give up because if you stop short, the ball is going to drop in its intended course and you'll miss it. I'm telling you to keep running. Don't worry if you fall and trip. Get back up and keep running. If you fail at a business deal or you fail at a sermon or you fail with people or you fail in your own personal moral life, get back up and keep running because the ball ain't dropped yet. The ball's still high in the air and you're about to, you're about to see it at some point, but you got to keep running because if you keep running, you'll eventually catch your destiny. Five important words to remember in the dream factor. Sketch, etch, stretch, fetch, and then you'll catch. Hey guys, that's all the time we have. Thanks so much for listening today. If it blessed you and encouraged you, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, and by all means, share it with one or two other people in your relationships that need to hear what you heard today. Other people out there have dreams and you can actually help them by just sliding this podcast right in front of them. Thanks so much. I can't wait to share another powerful and encouraging and timely episode with you. And until then, we'll see you.